talk about them. First one is fear. That's an important ingredient. I'm not talking about a spirit of fear. God's not given us a spirit of fear. Amen. We're not talking about fear of devils or fear of circumstances or fear of any other kind of a thing. When we're talking about fear, we're talking about the fear of the Lord. Praise God. And then the second ingredient we're going to talk about for a little while is peace. God wants you to learn to live in peace. Because the kingdom of God is righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Ghost. God wants you to learn to be a child of peace. God's the God of all peace. Praise God. It comes from his kingdom. You know, Paul started out his letters to the churches. Grace and peace be unto you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. And then the third ingredient we're going to talk about for a little while is thanksgiving. Everyone say thanksgiving. We are to enter his gates with thanksgiving in our hearts. That's the way to approach God. Not grumbling, mumbling, murmuring, groaning, moaning. That's not the way to approach God. He won't listen to you. He don't want to listen to that. He told Israel that. He said, I'm not listening to that. And uh, praise God. You know, you got you to gotta kind of do things the right way if you want the right things to work out. Amen. So first of all, we're going to talk about the fear of the Lord. Uh, Psalm 19.11, David said, Come, my children, and I will teach you about the fear of the Lord. Hallelujah. Psalm 111.10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's the beginning. If people don't have the fear of the Lord, they've not even begun to be wise. They will not deal wisely with others. They will not deal wisely in the affairs of life. They will not deal wisely with their own soul if they do not have the fear of the Lord. For the fear of the Lord is the beginning. Everybody say the beginning. It's the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord cleanses away evil. Praise God. So it's good to have the, it's good to have the fear of the Lord. And you know, Paul said this is, this is the problem with the world. In, in Romans chapter 3, he gives a list of things that uh, fallen mankind is involved with. And then he says, there is no fear of God before their eyes. See, that's the problem with all those people in the world doing all the evil things that they do. There's no fear of God before their eyes. If they had reverence for God and realized that they had to, had to stand in front of an almighty God one of these days, it would change the way they live. It would change how they act towards people. It would change how they conduct themselves. See, but there is no fear of God before their eyes. And that's a big problem uh, with this world. Uh, they're blind then to what life is all about. Now, 1 Peter 1.17 says, 
If you call on the Father, who without respect of persons, judges according to every man's works, past the time of your, your sojourning here on earth in fear. That means in the fear of God. Because the Father is the judge. And so when you live here on the earth, you know you're going to have to, Romans 14, 12 says, give an account of yourself to God one of these days. Then you should live on this earth in fear. Not in fear. He said, Jesus said, don't fear those who can kill the body. See, don't fear that which can kill the body. But fear him who can throw body and soul into hell. See, so we're supposed to have a fear of God, but not fear anything else. The other fears are unnatural fears that came about at the fall. You know, after Adam sinned, he told God when he was hiding behind those bushes, I was afraid. His faith turned to fear. See, and from that time on, there began to be manifestations of fear, many different forms of fear. And, you know, the Bible said God's not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. So, he hasn't given us a tormenting spirit of fear, but God has uh, told us to live, it says in Scripture, to live in the fear of the Lord all the day long. That means you're living in reverence for God as God. He is God. Let us never forget he is God. <laughs> he is judge of all. He is almighty God. Praise God. So we need to live that way. And it's, and it's a good thing. This, this kind of fear is a good thing. It's respect. It's reverence. Reverence for God. Hallelujah. And uh, we, we just realize that we have to uh, talk, answer before God one of these days. Uh, Hebrews 11.7. Let me read Hebrews 11.7. By faith, Noah, being warned by God of things not seen as yet. No, what was that he was warned about? He was warned about a coming judgment. And that there was a judgment of water coming. And they hadn't seen a flood yet. They didn't know what a flood's all about. But he got a warning from God. You know, we have a warning about a judgment day. Just like Noah. He was warned to God. We've been warned by God. Now, why did he warn us? Because he cares about us. Because he loves you. Because being judge of all, he's got to judge evil. And uh, he told us how to get rid of evil out of our hearts. He said, repent. He said, some people's impenitent heart stores up wrath for themselves on the day when God will judge everyone according to their deeds. But... When you repent, you get it out of your heart. That's the way to get it out of your life and out of your heart. Hallelujah. Repentance 
and remission of sins, he said, should be preached to all nations. First repentance, and then comes the remission of sins. The sins get remitted or erased as though they never happened. Isn't that wonderful? That's what the blood of Jesus can do for you. Erase your sins as though they never happened. Justified, just as if I never sinned. Praise God. But you got to do what he says to do. You can't just ignore it. He says an unrepentant heart will store up wrath. See, but if your heart repents, you release that out of your life. And Paul said if we judge ourselves, we won't be judged. Praise God. So it's a whole lot better to judge yourself. Amen? If you did wrong and you know you did wrong, well, admit it. Confess it. If you confess it, he's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Praise God. He'll cleanse you of every last bit of it. There won't be any left there. Praise God. But you've got to confess it. You've got to confess what you know you did. Amen? And he'll cleanse you of whatever you're ignorant of along with it. Praise God. So thank God for that. Amen? There's not something so secret even you don't know about it, and he's going to get you for it. No, that's not the case. He'll cleanse you of all unrighteousness. But Noah, listen, listen to what it says. It says, uh, but Noah, being warned by God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear. Fear moved him. But faith also moved him to have fear. Fear of what? Fear of a coming judgment. So he, he was moved with fear. He said, there's a judgment coming. I need to get myself and my family ready. Amen? You know, Jesus would often say when he talked about the end times, be ye ready. You don't know when the Son of Man will appear. Be ready. See, we should prepare our hearts with fear. That means reverence for God. Hallelujah. He could come anytime. Thank God. He warned us. He's coming. He gives he give signs of the end times. He said it'll start to be like Sodom and Gomorrah, as in the days of Lot. He, he said there'll be a lot of commotion and fighting amongst different ethnic groups. And all kinds of wars, more wars, rumors of wars, a great number of earthquakes and, and uh, different troubles in various places and famines. And we see all these things on the increase especially the last 50 years, Israel became a nation in 48. And he said, this generation will not pass away. Hallelujah. We don't know exactly how long a generation is. Sometimes it looks like it might be 40 years, sometimes 100. But this generation will not pass away before the Son of Man comes. Hallelujah. I'll tell you why Jesus is coming soon. We don't know how soon, but he's coming soon. Amen? And we got to live like he's coming today. Praise God. You know, if you stop and think about it, how would we live if we knew he was coming tomorrow? <laughs> I think we'd, there'd be a lot of corrections going on, wouldn't there? Wouldn't there be a lot of corrections going on? If we got, if we got inside info and we knew he was coming tomorrow? 
man, we'd start witnessing to all our relatives and be out on the streets and passing out tracts, repenting and whatever else we needed. Well, we should live like he arose from the dead yesterday and he's coming tomorrow. But Noah, being warned of God, of things not seen and yet not seen yet, moved with fear. And he prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became the heir of righteousness, which is by faith. See, his action, he was a preacher of righteousness. He was trying to get other people to listen to him also. But they wouldn't listen. I'm sure they mocked him. Said old stupid Noah's building a big boat on land. He can't even get it to the water. I'm sure they stood around and shook their heads and laughed. You know? Just like a lot of people mock today. Laugh and scorn. But I'll tell you what. It's coming. You know? The first promise of his coming, he came. Just like he promised. And he promised he's coming again. He's coming. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's coming. Get ready. Hallelujah. We want to be, be ready. Amen. Hallelujah. One scripture, praise God, says, By the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. Another one says, The fear of the Lord causes me to depart from the snares of death. Hallelujah. It'll cause you to depart depart from the snares of death. Let me read Proverbs chapter 1 verse 28. Then shall they call upon me, but I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me, because they hated knowledge. That's the knowledge of God. They don't want to know about God. They don't want to know about his word. They don't want to know what he thinks about things. They don't want to know what he says. So many people of the world, you try to talk to them about God. They don't want to know about God. They don't want to, they don't want to discuss God. They don't want to hear about God. They don't want to hear what his word says. They don't want to hear nothing about him. And God says they'll call upon him and then he won't listen to them. He said, for they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. You have to choose the fear of the Lord. You have to choose to fear the Lord, to walk in the fear of the Lord. You got to choose the fear of the Lord. He said, they would have none of my counsel. They despised all of my reproof. Therefore, they will eat the fruit of their own ways and be filled with their own devices. See, and, and mankind will, you know, their motto is kind of like, if it feels good, do it. Isn't that the worldly motto? If it feels good, do it, regardless of who you trample on. If you can take advantage of somebody, do it. If you can get something that don't belong to you, take it. As long as you don't get caught. Well, the moment you take it, you're already caught by God. <laughs> you know, you might not be caught by man, but you're caught by God. 
So uh, let's realize, if you live in the fear of the Lord, then you realize the Lord sees everything, knows everything, understands everything. You know, David told his son Solomon, remember, the Lord understands all the imaginations of the heart. He knows, he knows everything. He knows our down-sitting and he knows our uprising. You know, God knows every time you sit down and every time you stand back up again. He knows every hair on your head. Knows every star by name. When he says he's almighty God, he's almighty God. He's omnipotent. He's omnipresent. He's omniscient. He's God. Our God is God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. But that also means you're going to be extremely blessed because he said he made you a joint heir with his son whom he appointed heir of every good thing that ever was or ever will be. And you become a joint equal heir with his son. That's a high good. We ought to live for that. Amen? Praise God. A few short lives on, in this world, you know. It's worth it to live for God. I realize there's temptation. I realize it gets boring here sometimes. We want to go home. <laughs> we get homesick. We'd rather just leave this place. And stop having trouble with the flesh. Stop having trouble with people. Stop having trouble with the devil. Somebody asked a preacher, pray that I have no more trouble with the devil. He said, you want me to pray you die? Because as long as you're in the earth, the Bible said the devil makes war against woman's seed who uh, has a testimony of Jesus Christ and keeps the commands of God. The devil's against you. You know? The devil's against us. He don't like us. He got kicked out of heaven. We get to go to heaven. He realizes what he lost and what we're gaining. Misery likes company. He'd love us to go with him. But we're not going. Say, I'm not going, devil. I'm going with Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. So we got to choose to live in the fear of the Lord. Then, then there's something, uh, you know, in the book of Jude deals with uh, uh, false grace. He said, I was going to write to you concerning the common salvation, but I found it needful to write unto you uh, about some have crept in the church unawares that turned the grace of God into lasciviousness. That means a license to sin. But God is not handing out any license for anybody to rebel against him. See, and then he said, I'll put you in remembrance the Lord, after he saved Israel out of the land of Egypt, afterwards he destroyed them. <laughs> See, right after that scripture, he says, remember, he saved them, then he destroyed them. And the angels didn't keep their first estate. He reserved them in chains of darkness. And Peter, along this same line, said, and remember Sodom and Gomorrah. And he said, the world before the flood, he washed away the ungodly. I mean, millions and millions and millions of people in Noah's day. So they're warning Walk in the fear of God. 
You keep living for God. Don't let anybody talk you out of it with any kind of doctrine, with any kind of false teaching, with any kind of easier way. We don't want to make the gospel any harder, but we don't want to make it any easier. We just want to keep it the way it is. Because the only thing we really know about God is what the Bible says. I mean, some charismatic man might say this and some famous, well-known head of some big this or that might say that. You always check it out with the word. Check it out with the Bible. It's the only thing that makes a difference. Because all scripture is given by inspiration of God. Profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, and instruction in righteousness. That the man or woman of God may be fully equipped for every good work. You go by the scripture, they're the highest authority. Higher than any denomination, higher than any preacher, higher than anything else in the earth. God's magnified his word, even above his name. And it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. That's proceeded out of the mouth of God. Hallelujah. If we've admonished any one thing in this church, it's that you live by God's word and obey God's word. Not just hear it. He said, hear it, that ye may do it. You need to be a doer of the word. Amen. Hallelujah. Because otherwise he'll say, why call me Lord, Lord, not do what I say. So we want to do what he says. Then Jude went on to talk about, he, he said these people that have believed in this false idea about grace, he said there are spots in your feasts of charity. He said they're like unseen reefs that destroy the bottoms of ships and make them sink. He said they're trees that has lost their fruit, twice dead, plucked up by the roots. He said they're like shooting stars that came out of darkness for a while and then came into the light and then they went back into darkness for whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. I mean, to me, that's scary language. Is that scary to you? That makes me fear the Lord. Man... I don't want to go back in the ways of darkness and have the, have the blackness of darkness reserved for me forever. God would say, if you want darkness, I'll give you darkness. If you want God, he'll give you God. Choose you this day whom ye will serve. Baal or God. Hallelujah. How many is going to serve God? How many is going to walk with God? How many is going to live for God? Hallelujah. Praise God. We need God. I'll tell you why we need God. See, you know, Paul said, you know, I, I, I've been at this for about 40 years, and uh, I'm, not, I'm not into the fluff. I'm... Things are more serious for me now. <laughs> Time goes by and you understand more of the word and understand the importance of things. Paul said in Hebrews 10, 26, if we go on sinning willfully, habitually without repentance, after we've received the knowledge of the truth, 
He said, there remains no sacrifice for sin that would cover such a thing. Just a certain fearful looking for of judgment, which will devour all of God's adversaries. He said, it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. So we're talking about the fear of the Lord. <laughs> Some of those scriptures, if you believe them, they'll put the fear of the Lord in you. Don't let anybody talk you out of those and water those down and make it say nothing. It says what it says. It's talking to those, it says, who came to the knowledge of the truth and were cleansed with the blood of the covenant. If they go back and live that, now there's always repentance unto the point of death. Well, somebody said, well, I'm just going to wait till the point I die. You don't know when you're going to die. The Bible said you don't even know what's tomorrow, what's on tomorrow. You don't make plans. You can't deceive God. The Bible said deceivers will wax worse and worse deceiving and being deceived. So if you try to manipulate God or manipulate different things, you're going to find out you're the one getting manipulated. Because whatever you sow, that's what you're going to reap. We want to live for God. <clears throat> you want to always live for God. You want to live in the fear of the Lord, reverence for God. You want to live there. Amen? There's a lot of things in my life I'm never, I'll never go back to because of the fear of God. I fear God. I want to go to heaven. I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to take the broad path that leads to destruction. I want to take the narrow path that leads to life just like Jesus said. I'm going to live for God. Jesus is the way. He left us, left us an example that we should follow in his steps. Praise God. Hallelujah. So we want to keep on, keep on following the Lord. Remember, Jesus said, don't fear those who can just kill the body. Don't be afraid of somebody if they can kill your body. So what? Be absent from the bodies, be present with the Lord. Just like taking off an earth suit. You put on your heavenly suit. Heavenly garments. Amen? Praise God. So don't feel sad for a Christian that goes to be with the Lord. Regardless of how they died. You know, the devil comes against us with sickness and disease. And, and uh, you know, sometimes your earth suit starts wearing out. You know, that's why more things happen to people when they're older because their earth suits. It says the outward man perishes. The inward man's renewed day by day. But after a while, your earth suit starts to wear out. You know, and they can put some new parts in sometimes and try to tuck it in and fill it in and do all kinds of things, color it and paint it up. And <laughs> but it's still getting older anyway. But thank God we're going to have an immortal, glorified body like the body of the Son of God that will never get old. You have found the fountain of eternal youth when you found Jesus. Just think about that. We found the fountain of eternal youth. Might not look like it right now. But we found it. 
And he's going to give us, he said, come and we can drink of the water of eternal life freely. And we'll partake of the tree of life, which will lock us into youthfulness and immortality forever. And he said, he that overcomes, I'll grant to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. Hallelujah. I can't wait to eat from that tree. Glory to God. Then Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13 and 14. He said, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Want to hear the conclusion of the whole matter? <laughs> I'm about to hear, tell you the conclusion of the whole matter. He said, this is what he said. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. Not some of the duty of man. This is the whole duty. This is your whole duty here in the earth. Fear God and keep his commandments. For God will bring every secret work to judgment, whether it be good or bad. Now, thank God if you repent, you can get rid of the bad junk. Amen? That's what the blood of Jesus is all about. Getting rid of the bad stuff. Hallelujah. And having it washed away, he loved us and washed away our sins with, in his own blood. Praise God. Preaching myself happy. It might sound scary, but it's a, a good thing. It's good to be in the fear of the Lord. Turn to your neighbor and say, sometimes scary is good. It, uh, if it keeps you in the fear of God, praise God. Now we're going to, I mentioned we're going to talk about peace. Fear, peace. Turn to your neighbor and say, peace be unto you. Jesus said in John 16, 33, these things I have spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. How many of you have been tribulating lately? <laughs> well, sometimes we're tribulating. The Bible said, Think it not strange concerning the fiery trials which are to try you, as if some strange thing happened to you. No, you're going to go through some things in this earth. Jesus said the storms of life come to everybody. There's storms, different storms that come. But you notice that Jesus, when that storm hit him and those disciples, they're all a nervous wreck. They woke him up, don't you care that we perish? And Jesus is still sleeping. I mean, in the midst of the storm, he had peace. This is one thing. He says, my peace I leave with you my peace, his peace, not our peace, his supernatural peace. He leaves with us. So that even if in the world you have tribulation, you could live in peace. You could be asleep on a pillow. It looks like you're going to die. And people say, aren't you nervous? No. I got peace. Peace, like a river. Amen? Hallelujah. Some old song, Christian songs, that I got peace like a river. 
Hallelujah. God wants us to have peace. He leads us to gentle waters. He's our shepherd. Hallelujah. He prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies. So uh, you can have his peace in the middle of storms. He had peace in the middle of the storm, and he gave us his peace so we can have the same peace. We don't have to be a nervous wreck. But the Bible said in Colossians 3.15, let the peace of God rule in your heart. Let it settle every issue that arises in your mind. You can learn to live in the peace of God. We want to learn to live in the fear of the Lord. We also want to learn to live in the peace of God. He said in Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7, he said, don't be worried about anything. He said, don't be worried about nothing. He doesn't want you to ever worry. Cast all your cares on the Lord, for he cares for you. He doesn't want you to worry about anything. So don't, don't let yourself worry. Let the peace of God rule. Don't let yourself worry. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known to God. Then it says, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. See, there is a peace of God that will guard your heart and guard your mind in the midst of troubles. But you've got to let it rule. You've got to realize there is a supernatural peace in you. You've got to let it have its way. Let your requests be made known to God and then rest in the peace of God. Praise God. Because you don't have to fear nothing. You let peace rule. Just fear God and that's the only thing. The rest of it you don't have to fear. You walk in peace and let peace rule. And he said, and be at peace among yourselves. And as much as lies within you, be at peace with all men. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. See, God's a God of peace. The kingdom of God is righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Ghost. It's a kingdom of peace. There's no schisms in heaven. Satan tried to cause it. He got kicked out. There's just peace. God doesn't want people manipulating you and uh, controlling you and controlling your reactions. He wants you to just be there in peace. Just smile at them. They can go, ooh, all they want. They can say what they want, do what they want, act how they want, and yet you can be in peace. See, but you've got to let peace rule. Just let peace rule. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. To be carnally minded is death. So we don't want that. See, that would be to act ugly. Be mean-spirited. To give evil for evil. See, that's carnality. It brings death. 
But to be spiritually minded is to stay in the peace of God. Hallelujah. Peace is an important ingredient. You can learn to live in peace. And don't disturb the peace. Amen? Hallelujah. So God wants you to be in peace. Luke 179 says Jesus came to guide our feet into the way of peace. Concerning sinners, it says the way of peace they have not known. See, but we want to learn the way of peace. It's, it's a way of life. They have peace. Praise God. Don't get all worked up, all riled up. Don't get all frustrated, all bent out of shape. Just be at peace. Hallelujah. Praise God. Be at peace with the people of God. Be at peace with God. You know, the third fruit manifestation of the Spirit in your life you're grafted into the Lord. The fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5, through 24, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, and peace. Say, kingdom of God is righteousness, joy, and peace. Peace is a big, big part of the kingdom. Hallelujah. Be at peace. So we get all that trouble that, you know, people shooting other people and everything like that. Even people they don't know. They're nuts. What they need is peace in their lives. They need the Prince of Peace ruling them. To be at peace with others. But they get so wired up, fired up, frustrated with life. And most of the time, it's all frustration in themselves or how they're acting, how they're responding to life. See, the problem's in them. But God wants us to be people of peace. In 1 Timothy 2, verses 1 through 3, he said, I exhort first of all that prayers be made for kings and those in authority. He said, with the giving of thanks... You know, you want to pray for those in authority that they make godly laws, that you might live a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. Hallelujah. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quiet and peaceable life. God wants his people to be a peaceable people. That blesses the Lord. Hallelujah. You can bless the Lord. There's things you can do to please God. Paul said, we've taught you how to please God, how you would abound then more and more. See, there's things you can do to please God, things you can do to displease God. Living at peace pleases God. Hallelujah. Learn to live in peace towards others. Hallelujah. And then in that, in that same passage, in verse 1 there it says, and with the giving of thanks. Now that's the third thing we want to talk about just a little bit. With the giving of thanks. Be thankful you're saved. You know there's billions of people out there on the road to hell. 
I went to a park the other day and saw hundreds and hundreds of people in the park, and I'm thinking, man, most of them, they're not going to make it. They don't know the way of the Lord. They may know the way of religion. They may not, but they don't know the way of the Lord. Jesus is the way. You know, Christianity in the book of Acts is called the way. Hallelujah. And uh, we have found the way. How thankful we need to be. We need to be so thankful. The Bible says, let the peace of God rule in your heart. And then it says, and be ye to which you are called to one body and be thankful. Be thankful you got a call from God. Be thankful you responded to the call of God. Be thankful your name is written in heaven in the Lamb's book of life. If it's not there, you can get it in there today. You can have it put in there. You just got to repent of your sins of hurting people in God and be willing to turn from that way of life and follow Jesus and invite Jesus in. He'll erase all the sins of the past. Why? Because he's merciful. He's gracious. He's kind and he's forgiving. Hallelujah. Be thankful. What does it say in Psalm 100? 100? I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his courts with praise. That's the way to go to God. Do you know the passage we used? Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and thanksgiving. Prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. Always be thankful. Don't be a murmurer. Don't be a grumbler. And don't grumble under your breath. God don't like that. The Bible said don't be a murmurer like some of them were and were destroyed by the destroyer. (laughs) How many want to be destroyed by the destroyer? Let me see your hands. Uh, No takers, huh? How many want to be blessed by God? Let me see you raise your hand. Praise God. Well, that's great. Hallelujah. Now, let's be thankful to the Lord. Amen? Be thankful to God. Praise God. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 15 through 18, part of that passage says, Rejoice evermore, and in everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. See, that's part of the will of God that you can know concerning you is that in the midst of everything. Now, you don't thank God for what the devil's doing. You don't thank him for disease. You don't thank him for war. You don't don't thank him for those things. Those things are contrary to God. He said not to do them. See, but in the midst of it, because God's not your problem, in the midst of it, you thank and praise God. Paul and Silas were beaten up by some men, thrown in prison, and at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises to God. And then God set them free. See, they didn't start grumbling and oh, Silas, Paul, you're the one that had the vision to come here. You know, no, 
They just said, we're going to praise God. We're going to pray and praise God and thank him for his goodness. Give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good and his mercy endures forever. Thank him for his mercy. Thank him for his forgiveness. Thank him for writing your name in the book of life. Thank him that you're a Christian. Thank him that you're so blessed. Thank him. I mean, you got millions of things to thank him for. Thank him you got food to eat, the air to breathe, the world to live in, skin to be in. Thank you, Jesus. Fear. Everybody say fear. Say the fear of the Lord is good and enduring forever. Say the peace of God rules in my heart. And when I go to God, and in the midst of everything, I will give him thanks, because he's good, the giver of every good and perfect gift. Everything good I have has come from God. Thank you, Father God, for being who you are. In Jesus' name. And everybody shouted. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, the Lord is good. Amen.